Good day and welcome to our People's Church at Home service. I'm glad that you are able to connect with us today. My name is Eugene Maswangani and I'm here to be your host. Firstly, I'd like to greet you all in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Today, I'd like to ask each and every one of you to ask yourselves two questions. First question is what happens when you have faith? The gospel shows us how God makes people right with himself that it begins and ends with faith. The scripture says that those who are right with God will live by trusting in him. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And you can find that in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 of the NIV. And our second question is what is faith? The word of God says that it is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen and to be certain of things we do not yet see. I pray that the eyes of your heart will be flooded with light so that you can see the wonderful future God has promised to those he called. Right now, we are to start with our offering message and it will be given by Botuhunzukan Maleke. Shortly after, Tatana Natala Matevula will then begin with today's sermon. Let us please prepare our hearts and willingness to receive well the word of God. Uh, greetings church. Uh, it's been a long time since I've actually stood here in front of you to share and I'm very excited to be sharing this message this morning. Uh, our scripture for today is from the book of Luke chapter 12 verse 15 and it reads as follows. And he said to them, "Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, uh, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions." I'm going to read that again. And he said to them, "Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not cons- consist in the abundance of his possessions." Uh, this is a very short and straightforward passage of scripture, but it's ve- it is very meaningful. The scripture says we should stay guard of all eagerness or excessive desire especially for wealth or possessions. Uh it is very easy for us to take our eyes off the spiritual to concentrate on the things that are temporal. We sometimes look away from heavenly things and direct our attentions to earthly possessions. Uh, now don't get me wrong there's nothing wrong with being wealthy but uh, our wealth shouldn't stand between us and our God. our wealth shouldn't come first for we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed we have a building from god an eternal house in heaven not built by human hands with all that being said be blessed as you give thank you church good morning church it is an honor to be in the house of the lord this morning i'd like to share my testimony I like to give glory and honor to our savior Jesus Christ and I thank him for all the goodness and the wonderful miracle that he has done for me. On the 11th 
of January, I tested positive for COVID. A week before that, I was constantly coughing. I couldn't walk. I couldn't talk. I was struggling to breathe. I was sweating and I was weak. After consulting the doctor, he sent me for the test and x-ray. The morning of January 11th, after my mom heard the news, she went to the doctor to collect the medication. And the doctor told her the news that my heart was big and it was swollen and that it was struggling to pump. And he will focus on treating the COVID-19 and not the heart. I started taking medication that day and isolated from the family. That very night when I woke up, I felt the difference and lots of strength. I was well. As the days progressed, the symptoms started leaving. In that 10 days, I saw God and my life was changed. God started speaking to me about my identity in Him and the authority that He has given me. After the 10, the 10 days, I went to consult the doctor. He couldn't believe that it was me. He said it's a miracle that I'm alive. That my heart that day when my mom came to collect the medication, that my heart was failing to pump. But he didn't have the courage to tell my mom because she, he saw the hope in her. He said when he saw the x-ray, he knew I needed to see a cardiologist urgently. But he was afraid to say. I, he wasn't sure. Like he said, after he, a week passed and he didn't hear anything from my mom, he thought that I had passed on. But when I walked in, he was really happy to see me and said, it is a miracle that I'm alive. I realized that God saved my life and God is still saving lives. He is the reason that I'm here today. He's the reason that I'm standing in front of you. He's the reason why I'm smiling. He's the reason why I can breathe. He's the reason why I'm able to walk. He's the reason why I'm able to do things for myself. Matthew 4.23 says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases among the people. John 10 verse 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. In the 10 days, God revealed himself to me as my father, as my healer and as my savior. He can heal you too. There is nothing that he cannot do. He's able to heal you from that disease or sickness. He is the creator of the universe and he's in charge and in control of everything. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Glory be to God. Amen. Good morning, family. I'm quite excited to be with you. I know I may not be looking excited, but I am quite excited to be, to be sharing with you today. Um, 
we're going to be dealing with a very exciting, challenging, uh, sensitive topic today um, because of what has been happening throughout the country and probably, in, actually, in fact, throughout the world. Um, but before we get into this difficult, challenging, sensitive, and sometimes exciting topic, shall we take some time to pray? Father, here we are before you. Lord, we want to thank you because God, in your word, you say to us, if we seek wisdom, we must ask and it shall be given to us as your children. So, Father, we come before you this morning. As we share your word, we desire that, Father, you will speak into our hearts. We pray that, Lord God, you will open our eyes, you will open our ears, and you'll open our minds so that, Father, we have better understanding. And this understanding shall come from wisdom, wisdom that comes from you. We pray for this wisdom so that, Father, we can be called the wise. Not the wise in the ways of the world, but the wise in the ways that bring fame, honor, and glory to your Son, Jesus Christ. So, Father, we pray out to you. We cry out to you, Father Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, um, family, th there's something that is that I've seen before, it's like a joke, but it is also reality. Um, maybe let me start this way. You know, it is crazy that Christians or believers will sometimes buy a factory. Buy a factory, right? Have the money to buy a factory and convert the factory into a church and thereafter come into the same church to pray for jobs. Is there any wisdom in that? Well, you figure that out. Well, today, family, we will be dealing with a topic that I find to be very difficult. And as I said, also uncomfortable. Not because it is supposed to be uncomfortable. You know, I share on this specific matter um, because as members of, it, of the church, not just peoples, but everyone is currently battling with this specific aspect. And not only in South Africa, but all over the world. I believe that some believers have, have been asking themselves, does God really understand what I'm going through? I must reassure you, I am one of those who sometimes feel, um, is, does God really understand what I'm going through? Well, without giving you um, the runaround, the run around, uh, let me inform you that I hope to be speaking into the management of finances by you as a believer. You know, in some conversations with believers regarding the issue of money, what came out very strongly was this. That in biblical terms, managing finances requires wisdom. Now in today's teaching, I'm, I'm not going to try and be very technical, but I hope by merely sharing some scriptures with you, you will be able to see and hopefully understand what God says about your financial management. I must however warn you, that this is a very uncomfortable topic because finances have built as well as destroyed churches and empires. I bet you know some people who have lost spouses or some that have committed suicide or have even gone to jail because of money. How many people do you know that are ashamed of themselves today because they have been found with their fingers in the cookie jar? That wisdom is required in the management of finances can be seen even in South Africa, on South African TVs today, where you know they, show, they have shows like um, I Blew It, 
you know, this is a show where people that have won millions or people that have had other payouts from whatever sources, um, you know, inheritances. Now, because these people do not have the requisite wisdom to manage their finances or their windfalls, they end up blowing the, the monies and they become paupers again. Well, I have already warned you that this may be, that this may be a very uncomfortable teaching, but please don't blame me. Embrace me instead for sharing this with you um, because what the word of God says about finances will liberate you. Again, please bear with me because I'm today going to lay a general foundation which I hope will be enhanced by you taking the time to read scriptures that I will share with you today. Let me beat about a bush a bit. You have to earn your money before you can use it. Is that correct? Well, so maybe that's where I should start. Now, we'll go, we'll jump directly into scriptures. The scriptures teach us, the scriptures instruct us that we must work hard and prepare. Scriptures teach us, do not be lazy. Now, Proverbs 6, verses 6 to 11 in the ESV goes this way. It says, go to the end, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares the bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When, you, when will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And then poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Well, a sluggard is described as a lazy, slothful, that is a very slow person, um, who would rather rest than work. His end is, def is definite, or his end is definite poverty and want. It is, sure, it is surely known that he will end up in poverty. I'm not sure what he is resting from, in fact, because he has not done any work yet at all. Well, the sluggard is definitely someone you would not want to be likened to. But also, I doubt you would like, you'd, rather you would want to be likened to the other extreme. Someone who is obsessed with material stuff such that he never takes time out to rest or even connect with his or her family. You know, there are those who are chasing money or chasing after money every day and are never satisfied with what they have, always wanting more at the expense of family and relationships. Please, I hope you will understand that we are talking about those who would even sacrifice their spouse's appointment with, you know, with a doctor for a critical or a life-threatening operation, doing this, chasing after money. Well, the long and short of it is this. Do not be one that disregards the important things in life in pursuit of money and material things. I love the wisdom of scriptures concerning money. And Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10 tells us about those who love money. Whoever loves money never has money enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. Please, read this carefully. It speaks about those who love money, 
not those who have it. So let us not be confused by that at all. Don't just love money. Because you will never have enough if you love money. Now, the truth is that the church needs money to run its daily affairs. You know, I always love when I hear people saying, the church does not need your money, because that is a lie. You see, when they tell you the church does not need your money, they don't use the word church because they want to blackmail you. You see, in their blackmail, they will say, God does not need your money. Family, this is being disingenuous. You see, I'm not ever going to tell you this because it is very dishonest. As long as we are still in this world, we will need to have that means or medium of transaction, whether you say that means or those means of you know, transaction. So as peoples, as the church, we will truly encourage you to work for the benefit of, of your family. And we believe that as you do that, as a believer, when you are blessed, you will also bring your tithes to the church. People understand this very well. Please understand this very well, family. It is important to work so that you are not put in situations that even get you to compromise your faith. Do not be lazy. Do not be a sluggard and end up in poverty because this is the only result that will come from laziness. Now, we've spoken about laziness and getting up to work. The second important thing about your financial management is avoid debt or borrowing. Now, the Bible strongly warns us about debt. Let me start here. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is the slave of the, of the lender. That's what Proverbs 22.7 says in the ESV. And I look at Proverbs chapter 6, verses 1 to 5, teaches us that we must try as much as possible to free ourselves from this bondage. Listen to this. Scriptures do not say God will free you from this bondage. You know, let me tell you a little story, which is crazy. I've had people say um, they are going to pray that their debts go away. I guarantee you that is never going to happen your debts will have to be paid. And because that is a godly principle, your debts will have to be paid. They will not just disappear. Now let us go back to the same scripture and read verse 5. Verse 5 says, Free yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the snare of the fowler. Now I asked myself, why all the versions of the Bible that I read say, from the hand, not from the hands? And I came to this personal conclusion. Please, this is not doctrine, but this is a personal conclusion. That maybe we are being taught that it is possible to be freed from such a snare. Now, verse 4 says, Allow no sleep to your eyes, no slumber to your eyelids, because this is truly not good for a believer. Don't sleep. Don't spend all your time sleeping. Wake up. Work. Because this is what is expected of you as a believer. Now, before we continue, I would like to indicate this to you. That we are not saying debt is sin. We are saying that as much as possible, avoid debt. Especially unnecessary debt. Hopefully, you know, um, 
in the next week or so, or soon enough, we will be talking, um, there'll be somebody talking into what good debt is as we empower one another as believers. The, I've heard this saying uh, from people, um, I hope I'll be able to put it the right way. It says, you know, we buy things that we don't want to impress people that we do not like, who, who never even see the thi those things that we have bought because in any way they do not like us. So those are the kinds of things that create the bad debt. But as I said, you know, there will be time when we will be talking about what good debt is. And I hope you will be empowered from that indeed. Now again, let us look at Proverbs chapter 22, verses 26 and 27. You know, this tells us, or this scripture tells us, be not one of those who gives pledges, who put up security for debts. If you have nothing with which to pay, why should your bed be taken from under you? You know, this may sound um, a bit unkind, but I believe scriptures are just too truthful and practical. So we are told to stay far away from debt. We are told to stay far away from uh, pledging that we would pay somebody else's debt. There's another version that says, you know, lest you fail to pay and your bed is taken from under you. So, family, I would like you to be very careful when you pledge for somebody. You see, scriptures are, as I said, they are very practical. They are very truthful and at times they, sound to be, they seem to be very brutal. You know, I wish we had time, we had the time, but I will not spend much more time on this issue, but let us move on to the next aspect. Now, the third aspect is providing for your family. Scriptures are very clear on this issue of finances and being responsible. You know, in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, we read that if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Is that not crude from scriptures? You know, I wish I could just leave it there. But Paul went on and spoke of people that are worthy of caring for. And he speaks about widows. Now, he makes it very clear that not all widows are worthy of this care. But only those that have proven themselves to be involved in good deeds. You see, we need to work. We should not depend on handouts. Please take some time and read the entire chapter. Um, and I hope as you read the entire chapter carefully, you will get a better understanding of what we're talking about here. Family, when Paul talks about widows, you realize that if you read that chapter in the book of 1 Timothy, you'll realize that he makes it very clear. And it is not every widow. Now, it is a widow that is over 65 years and not a, somebody who's just been a widow, but a widow who is, who is over 65 years and has demonstrated generosity throughout her life as a, as a married woman and also as a widow. Now, when she starts faltering, it is important that she gets looked after. That is very important for us as believers. Well, Family, I need to say this. People need to work. So we must build factories to create work or jobs for people. As believers, we should be part of the solution, not part of the problem. 
The fourth point that I would like to talk to when we talk about our financial management is our faithfulness with money. Proverbs 28 verse 20 says, A faithful man will abound with blessings, but whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. I wonder if I need to say much about this, but I believe you have all witnessed this in the recent past and, and continue to see the results of quick riches in this, our beloved country. You know, I really feel pity for the children and spouses of those who are currently being dragged into courts over allegations of theft and money laundering because they wanted or they hastened to get wealth. Again, I wish to propose or to assert that faithfulness with one's money as a believer includes understanding the needs of your church. You are blessed so that you are able to bless others. Maybe your church is part of the others. You know, you have that business so that you can have others, you can help others feed their families. So be gracious with them as they put in their daily hours in your enterprise. When I speak into giving, I'm reminded of Proverbs 23, which teaches about dining with the pompous. You know, verses 6 and 7 of Proverbs chapter 23 say, do not eat the food of a stingy man. Do not crave his delicacies, for he is the kind of man who is always thinking about the cost. He will say to you, eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. And as I read this text, as I read this text rather, um, I'm reminded of people who are very irresponsible and defame the faith. You know, we will talk about those when we get to the next point as we talk about which is the fifth point and the last point, the issue of generosity. You know, what I've observed from the Bible is that the biblical model of riches and money is one that promotes giving more than getting. Very popular scripture that we use from many pulpits, but unfortunately we tend to misinterpret the scripture or use it to intimidate believers. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, it tells us this. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Please, family, I want you to take note of this. Do not try to impress us as the church and give openly to the church whilst your entire family is in distress. You will have failed in your responsibilities as a believer, as Paul teaches. That kind of giving is not different from what the Pharisees did when Christ chastised them but recognized the poor woman who gave the single dime that she had. I want to encourage you to be a wise steward in handling what the Lord has blessed you with so that you can be trusted with much more. We do not have the time to go into Luke chapter 16 to read about a shrewd manager, but please take the time um, and read that parable. Now, as we conclude, let me just say this to you. 
that the Bible summarizes financial management you know, in just one word. And the word is wisdom. When we started, remember I said we need to be wise. And in our prayers, we said the Lord should grant us wisdom. So, family, we are to be wise with our money. We must save our money, but not hoard it. You know, one friend once said to me, we must spend money, but with discretion and control. Give back to the Lord joyfully and also as a form of sacrifice. Let us help others with our money, but with great discernment and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm a contributor to some online platform where people ask questions about issues of faith. And one fellow writer in, in this platform says this, it is not wrong to be rich, but it is wrong to love money. It is not wrong to be poor, but it is wrong to waste money on trivial things. Seek wisdom. Please stay wise and the Lord bless you. Amen. Thank you very much, Tatanama Tebula. That was a life-changing message. Let us remain encouraged, knowing that through prayer, the Holy Spirit can transform our lives. Just a reminder that we have resumed with our weekly Wednesday prayers. You are encouraged to register your attendance prior to attending. May our Lord's peace be with you. Wishing you all a highly favored and productive week ahead. Thank you. God bless.